0: hands and our hearts and this church be pleasing unto you. And so bless each of us, O oh God, and the gifts that we share this day and always. Amen. You may be seated. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Mark. It is a lectionary text, the lectionary being that Three year cycle of passages that churches throughout the the world read uh, together uh, throughout that cycle. It is coming to the end of the lectionary year, uh, and so there is often uh, at the end of that lectionary cycle uh, a rise in more apocalyptic texts, and that theme is certainly present in this day's reading. Here now, The word of the Lord. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. May God bless our understanding of this sacred text. And now will you pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I love our church's tradition of naming rooms after former senior ministers of the church. You can check books out of the Kemper Library, pray with a small group in the Syme Room, and practice yoga or sing toze songs in the Manthai Chapel. We do not, however, have a space named after the Reverend Frederick Jolly, despite the fact that it would be all kinds of awesome to rename Plymouth Hall the Jolly Hall. I mean, really, just imagine the joy in that space. But the Reverend Jolly did not have a particularly long or favorable tenure at this church. Perhaps you've heard the story before, the young pastor was a student of end-time prophecies, and as the 19th century came to a close, Reverend Jolly became convinced that the world as we know it would come to an end on December 31st, 1899. He was such a persuasive evangelist for the impending apocalypse that several members of our congregation met him on New Year's Eve, bags packed, so they might await their rapture to heaven together. Apparently, you need to bring a change of clothes and a toothpaste to the end of the world. Unsurprisingly, the church council accepted the resignation of the Reverend Frederick Jolly in January of 1900, and therefore we do not have our Jolly Hall. Jolly wasn't the first or last Christian to become enamored of such prophecies and predictions. For whatever reason, signs and symptoms of the end of the world are endlessly compelling to some folks. Just as Peter, James, John, and Andrew wanted to know when the stones of the temple would topple. End Times enthusiasts want to know when we get to sing that REM song at the top of our lungs once and for all. Does anybody know what song? It's the end of the world as we know it. I once got a room full of people to sing that song, and it wasn't in a church. It was in a back room of a bookstore. (laughs) A good old hymn thing. It's the end of the world as we know it, and I feel fine. This passage is about the end. The destruction of the Jerusalem temple is tantamount to the end of the world. This is the beginning of a long speech about the end. Jesus describes a whole host of terrifying events, from the fall of the temple to the shaking of the Earth's crust. Every sort of warning bell alarms. Watch for false prophets, but keep watch for the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. There are also images of darkened moons Fallen stars, prophecies of betrayal and suffering. And it all ends with the foreboding cry, if he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. At one point in the speech, Jesus' words are chilling. How dreadful will it be in those days for pregnant and nursing mothers? Pray that this will not take place in winter. Because those will be days of distress, unequaled from the beginning, when God created the world until now, and never to be equaled again. What on earth does this all mean? There are many interpretations of texts such as these. There are also many texts such as these. I can tell you what makes the most sense to me. These apocalyptic visions are ultimately about hope, not destruction, not fear, not doom, not death. They are about hope. The fact of the matter is this. The world is always ending somewhere. A sacred building burns to ash. A beloved son will not come home. A parent falls ill. A dream dies. A marriage dissolves. A virus mutates. A climate changes. A nation descends into violence and rancor. The world is always ending somewhere. And for the last few years, it's felt a bit like the world is ending everywhere. It feels like evil has tightened its grip on God's good creation. And it is in times and places like this that apocalyptic visions flourish, times and places where despair and evil are most acutely felt. I looked up some of the headlines in December 1899, and in many ways, it felt like any one of them could have Thank you. End of, the world. End of the world. See, these signs are everywhere. <laughs> Any of the headlines in 1899 could have easily been pulled from today's news feeds. Another apocalyptic text, the book of Revelation, was written in the midst of excruciating oppression. John of Patmos, its author, was imprisoned. When his visions came to him. Christians were experiencing vicious persecution at the hands of the Roman Empire. And in that moment, John cast a vision of vindication and hope. Evil would be trounced by God, Christ would claim a glorious victory, and the people of God would enjoy an eternity of pleasure in the presence of their Lord. This is about hope. The gospel is always about hope, always about good news. But Jesus does not offer false hope. Jesus does not say, everything's going to be okay, you're never going to suffer, there's nothing to be afraid of. Jesus does not offer cheap grace, or empty comfort, though he sure was right that there would be false prophets who would fall all over themselves to sell you a feel-good self-help alternative. Jesus' message here is hopeful but brutally honest. It may get worse before it gets better, but it is going to get better better beyond imagining. After all, this is but the beginning of the birth pains. New life shall emerge. Christ will come again in glory. Wrongs will be made right. Broken relationships will be healed. Despair will be transformed into rejoicing. The kingdom of God will be established. And while its doors will always be open to sinners who long to come home, those doors will be impenetrable to the forces of evil. The world is always ending somewhere. We know this much is true. But this is also true. Christ is always showing up somewhere. Christ will come again in glory. Friends, this is a real and true story. I would pack my suitcase for this truth. But we do not need to prepare to go to God when God is right here in our midst. Christ will come again in glory, and in the meantime, as often as not, Hope scooped my sermon today, Christ shows up in the center of our suffering. I say hope scooped my sermon, but I love when the Holy Spirit plants the same seeds. (laughs) It is when we are at our lowest, grappling with pain and loss and fear and death, that Christ comes to us. If we aren't paying attention, we could miss it. But if we know what to look for, the signs are there. It doesn't take a reverend jolly to recognize them. Christ shows up in the kindness of a friend, the mercy of a stranger. Christ shows up in the laughter of a child, the wisdom of an elder. Christ shows up in the factory and the forest preserve, the hospital and the courtroom, the playground and the dinner table. Christ shows up here, in this sanctuary, where two or three are gathered in his name. The world is ending somewhere, but Christ is clear. This is not how the great story ends. Let us be people of hope with eyes to see and ears to hear the love, the grace, and the goodness of our God. Amen.